It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. The Oilers cruise past the Senators again. The final damage tonight at Rogers Place. Six two. Leon Drysaddle there getting his fifteenth of the season. Connor McDavid had a goal and two assists. He is up to fifty one points on the year after twenty nine games. Mike Smith solid again. Makes twenty five saves. He's 9-2 on the season. The Oilers are 7-0 against the Ottawa Senators. Uh, pardon me, 23 saves for Mike Smith tonight. And uh, it is uh, lopsided against Ottawa. Seven wins and seven tries this season. A couple of the games have been close, but we've seen a few like this, Rob Brown. And, I mean, Edmonton scores 10 seconds into the game. Give Ottawa credit. The next five or six minutes, they were really good, but then Edmonton just pretty much gradually took over. Well, again, the same things that have plagued the Ottawa Senators all season long, uh, you know, reared their ugly heads again. Poor goaltending. Uh, they didn't get a timely save the entire night. Uh, and eventually the, their team sagged. And they just... Dave Tippett put together Connor and Leon, and he challenged the Ottawa Senators to find somebody that can try and stop them. And... There is nothing that the Ottawa Senators can do. They dominated. It, they they seem to. It was almost. I was, I was talking on the press box. This game's at times looked like a, a a scrimmage that you would see in training camp. Uh, the emotion was gone from the Ottawa Senators after the first period. Again, uh, the Oilers just cruised once they had the lead. They didn't want. It's almost like we're not. We're not going to embarrass them. And there just was a, a, an unemotional hockey game because the one team knew it had won and the other team knew it had lost. And it was just a matter of running out the clock. The Ottawa Senators, unless they get goaltending, they're not going to be able to compete because they work hard, but they don't have the top-end talent that's going to be able to allow them to score three, four goals a night uh, consistently. And when you're giving up four, five, six, seven goals against... Uh, you, you just can't win in the National Hockey League, and they, the Ottawa Senators, until they find a goaltender that give them, give them consistent starts, are unfortunately going to find themselves like they did in the last few games. Yeah, which they thought they got. In they the well, offseason. They, they, yeah, really hoping they got from Matt Murray. Well, they got a guy that won a couple Stanley Cups. So, I mean, you would have thought at that point, okay, we've got we've got that in the bag. There's going to be other lumps that we're going to take. There's going to be other uh, warts in our game, but at least now we've taken care of the goaltending, and now we've seen three goaltenders now that we've watched here and all three goaltenders have had you know real struggles and it's funny because we see the Toronto Maple Leafs they threw three goaltenders at the Oilers too and they had three great starts yeah. the Ottawa Senators three goaltenders have all struggled here against the Edmonton Oilers and when you have a good offensive team you're going to score on good goalies 
when you play average goalies, you're going to score six and seven. So the Oilers get to six. So that means the Japanese Village Goal Light is on on 630Ched.com. You can go there and print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village Restaurants. Thrilled to serve you again for dine-in and takeout. Complete details at jvedmonton.ca. Whenever the Oilers get to five or more, we activate the Japanese Village Goal Light. And Big David and Dreisaitl and Yamamoto flying again. I think Yamamoto is a key part of that line, even though you, you don't see his name all over the score sheet as much. He had two or three excellent scoring opportunities. And, and again, like we saw the other night, smallest guy on the team, but just go stand in the nastiest area on the ice. He just tries to occupy the front of the net. Well, he, he understands where his bread and butter is going to be. He, he knows that he's not needed to transport the puck in through the neutral zone or in the offensive zone. He's a guy, he's a retriever, and he will be a guy that does the tipping, the getting the rebounds, uh, occupying defensemen in front of the net to allow Connor and Leon to, to, to make the get the passing lanes or to attack the net. He does all the little things, and normally, in, in most teams, a guy that does that is a, is a six foot three, 210, 215 pound guy. But Yamamoto plays like that. He, he rarely do you see him get knocked down. His quickness allows him to uh, disrupt the opposition trying to make outlet passes, which turns into turnovers. And with both Connor and Leon, if if you give them that second opportunity, you're in big trouble. The, I mean, Connor and I think Connor had three points tonight. Leon two. Leon missed two wide open nets that you don't see him miss. Like, we're talking wide open. Uh, Yamamoto had, I think, two breakaways. They had a, a, a two-on-one. Uh, there were so many more opportunities. And bearing down sometimes a little harder in a game where it's out of reach. The, the focus isn't razor sharp. Had the, the opportunities that Yamamoto and Leon missed, if this was a 3-3 Toronto Maple Leaf or a Montreal Canadian game, those are in the back of the net. When the Ottawa Senators, it's hard to stay completely focused in a 60-minute game when it's a laugh for 10 seconds into it. 6-2, the Oilers take it. You can get us on the Certainteed hotline, 780-496-0063. Certainteed, professional-grade building materials pro all the way. That's also the number to send us the text message if you have a cell phone with the capabilities of doing so. I think most do, although i got a buddy right now. I think he has the iPhone Zero. <laughs> like, it's one of those ones where you have to push the number one three times to get the letter C. He still has a flip phone? He's got, it is the oldest phone you've ever seen. Like, it's unbelievable. Well, as a cell phone. Not as a cell phone. Well, it's not. It doesn't, have, it doesn't have a rotary phone plugged into his wall. I had, I used to have, when I was at the Pittsburgh Penguins for Christmas one year, they gave us cell phones, and they were the ones that came in briefcases, and the <laughs> handle had a wire that went to the battery pack. Like, it, honestly, God, you would, it would be like going on an airplane. Some planes wouldn't let this one on because it was too big to go in the overhead compartment. Right. That was the phones that they gave us one year for Christmas. And we were in, like, oh, my God, this oh, is awesome. Time. Yeah. Absolutely. And now, like, I got, like, 128 gigabytes of memory on my little phone. I can do just about it. I can't do anything because I'm not a teenager. I don't understand it. But my son says I can do just about everything on my phone. You really can, Rob. Even I know that. I can't. I'm pretty old, too. Yeah, I, I can't I do probably it. can't do as much as Ben, though. You're right. <laughs> no. I, yeah, Ben's much smarter than his dad. Kyle says with a text message here, he says, guys, I'm curious, in a back-to-back, -back, I would have expected the Oilers' big guys would have low minutes once the game is in hand. Connor and Leon, both over 23 minutes. Please explain to me. Yeah, good question, because mm -hmm. we've seen a couple times when they've been able to put a game away, they've played a little less. Connor played 23-26. Uh, 
Leon played 23-12. The Oilers did have four power plays, so that's about eight minutes of guaranteed yeah. ice time right there. <laughs> well, eight minutes. I think three of the power plays they were on the ice before the power. They they were they were the ones that drew the penalty, so they're on the ice a minute. They're out for the whole two minutes, and they're usually there for a good 30 seconds after the power play. I was surprised in the third period when the Oilers got a power play and they ran their number one unit for the full two minutes. I, just my thought, I I would have started in the third, when the, once the game is out of hand, I would start power plays with my second unit. Like in the last 10 minutes of the third, you're thinking? Yeah, yeah. Well, as soon as the game's out of reach, I'd, I'd use my second power play unit for the simple reason at some point, your second power play unit may become important. I mean, who knows, Connor gets sick, Leon misses a game, anything. You want that second unit, A, to have practice in a real-life situation because in practices it's not the same, so you want to play against opposition. Uh, B, you want them to have confidence when they're out there. And so I was a little surprised. And not only did they start their number one unit, uh, there was a minute to go in the power play, there was a whistle, and they changed the, the back end and they changed the guy in front, but they left the three main guys out there. I was surprised by that. So I, the, to answer the question, yeah, I was a little surprised that with the back-to-back games, yeah, I would have thought in a laugher that they'd be closer to 18, 19 minutes than 23. Yeah, they actually both played more than Darnell Nurse tonight, who usually leads the team in ice time. He played 22-16. Barry played one second less than Nurse, 22-15. Mm-hmm. Everybody got over 10 minutes tonight, though, so it was spread around yep. a little bit. Oftentimes we see a player or two or sometimes three playing you know, seven to nine minutes in that range. Gaetan Haas got a goal tonight. Now it's the sixth goal in a game you're you're going to win anyway. Doesn't matter to the player scoring. It was a nice move. It was a really nice move. It was two nice things. The nice move on the defenseman. And then the finish. Now, again, that's not probably a goal that shouldn't go in. I, I'm not sure what Decord was doing on that one, but give credit to, to Haas. And what we've seen him do, he doesn't quit. There's another game he wouldn't. He scored like 0.5 seconds. Oh, the one that after, didn't count. Didn't yeah. count it, yeah. So he doesn't quit and get on him. You, you only get so many opportunities, and you want to make a, a statement every chance you get. So uh, Haas with a, a pretty play. I thought he played well again tonight. And, and this is one where I know Bob was talking about who's coming in, who's going out of the lineup. It's a tough one. I thought everybody that dressed tonight for the Edmonton Oilers looked good. They did what they had to do. I thought all four lines were effective. I thought uh, uh, Devin Shore, I thought that was another excellent game by Devin Shore. I thought Jujar Kara again continues to be physical, getting the face of the opposition. Their team had, their excuse me, their line had good offensive pressure with Pat, with Patrick Russell. So uh, another strong night by, by depth players. Now, it might be the Ottawa Senators, but that's who they had to play tonight, and they did their job. 6-2, the Oilers take it. We're getting some interesting ideas here. Suggestions, questions from texters tonight. And don't forget, you can call us as well, 780-496-0063. Ice Castle's Brad. That's a nickname. It's not actually Oh, that's his not his real name. name? I thought his parents... I don't think so. Well, you never know. Maybe his parents, they... That's where they first met, was the Ice Castles. <laughs> That's not what you were going to say. No, it wasn't. That's not what you were I changed, very, changed very quickly. I forgot. We are on a PG <laughs> radio show. Okay. Oh, PG 13 when we're on together. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Ice Castles, Brad says of the goalies who've been in at least six games, Smith is fourth in goals against and save percentage. He's won 82% of his starts. I know there are a lot of games yet to play, and he started late, but if he keeps this up, does Smith. 
work his way into the Vesna conversation this year, or maybe the Masterton. It's been handed out for weaker reasons than agelessness. <laughs> uh, but good. I mean, yeah. if, if, if he is, uh, you know, 20 and 5 by the end of the season, then, then who knows? He could be punished because he didn't play maybe as many games as other guys are going to play. But by then he for, might have. For Vesna, by then, by then he might have because he is playing more than Koskinen. Oh, he certainly will be the way he's playing. Well, I, I read uh, it was someone on one of the two main Canadian uh, sports uh, broadcasts. I, I read they, they're mid-season um, trophy winners. And I, I actually, I was agreed with just about everything that the guy write. And he had in the five Vezina trophy guys in the first half, he had Mike Smith as one of the five. He had he had Connor uh, is one, and Leon both is the five for the MVP. But he had Mike Smith as a Vezina, and yeah, uh, he you can't argue what he's done. He's with I don't know if anyone could have imagined he'd come and be as good as he has been after being injured and not starting the season. Uh, good on Mike Smith uh, again. Another solid start. Wasn't tested a whole lot today, but made the saves he had to. I I would just trying to think here if we're missing any comeback story he might be a shoe-in for their the team Masterson nominee because every team nominates one I mean yeah I, I don't know anyone on the others yeah I right. think he would have because it's what is it dedication perseverance and sportsmanship yeah I was nominated one year I didn't win but well you are you do personify all three of those things <laughs> yeah they just had nobody else who was like hey let's give it to Brown yeah <laughs> So well, sometimes it obviously is that with teams. Oh, oh I mean, sometimes yes. you have you know the Bobby Ryan story, yep. players who've come back from illness, and then sometimes it's like, uh, who's the oldest guy on our team? Okay, we'll vote <laughs> for him. Let's give it him. He hasn't gotten anything in a while. Let's give it. To, uh, but it, it is a pretty good story though. The, what Mike Smith has done. Um, there, well, we, on the, these broadcasts, we heard people calling in, and uh, you know what, the Oilers are in trouble. Look at Koskinen can't play uh, with when he's overworked. Smith's not going to be a different maker he's too old the others have messed up they need a goaltender and they didn't get it done and no one's really calling in complaining about goaltending anymore because Mike Smith has been excellent thus far this season. Yeah, absolutely. 6-2 the Oilers win tonight, and Glenn, the bartender, is texting in about Smith as well. He says, was the best play of the game not Smith's teleportation from his net to the front of Watson's face as time expired? It was funny how quickly that diffused the situation. First of all, bonus points to Glenn for using teleportation. He must be a Nightcrawler fan from oh. the X-Men. Oh, does Harry Potter have teleportations too? Well, isn't that where you just show up somewhere else? Yeah, you just yeah. go oh, from yeah. one place to the other. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. But, but, but here's the thing. Mike Smith is also the team's enforcer. <laughs> uh, he, well, he, he'd, be in, he'd be in their top he'd five. He'd be in the top five, five. enforcers yeah, on the team. Would, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, actually, I didn't see how it started at the end. I, I was looking down at the, the, the far end, and all of a sudden there's a big yeah. kerfuffle in front of the, the, the bench. So I didn't see what started it, but I did see uh, a couple of the, the senators uh, not happy. And this is what uh, bothers me about that. It, the, and Kachuk was one of the guys in there. You just had three games to do whatever you wanted. Three games, if you want to settle the score, if you want to start a score, if you want to, uh, you know, I'm not happy with the way that you're running the score up and throwing your first power play unit out there. I'm not happy with the celebration, anything. You've got three games to do that, to show that you're not happy. Don't do it when the refs are in there at the end of a hockey game and it's all over. That's not the time to do it. So I don't know what started or what caused it, but, I mean, 180 minutes you had a chance to do something. You didn't. 
Oilers win 6-2. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We will welcome KJAM to the show. KJAM, you're on with Rob and Reed. Go ahead, buddy. Hey, thanks, Rob and Reed, uh, for having me on. Um, I have a theory here that I think will wrap up some of the the that would potentially wrap up some of the, the questions as to what you guys have been addressing in terms of McDavid and uh, Drysaddle's ice time, and then some of the you know shenanigans, I guess you know with uh, with Ottawa here is you know you, you, I think it all sort of stems. Like, uh, well, throughout the series, obviously, you know, when you play a, a team this much. But um, at the end of the second period there, they're given uh, – uh, McDavid's given a rough ride after the, the whistle or right at the whistle. And McDavid shrugs it off, is laughing. But uh, I can't remember who's engaging with him. But, you know, somebody – Who was, the, uh, was that? Number nine. Was that Paul? No, it was number that nine was, was the guy. No, oh, Norris. Sorry, yeah, Norris. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, but but he's obviously not the only one, you know, giving dry sidle and uh, – and McDavid and you know the rest of the the skill players from Edmonton a rough ride there, and uh, I think that uh, McDavid just said you know I mean you look up at the score and and you know I mean there's still a whole period left here you know I mean like I I could punish you more if you want you know I mean like there's there's one way I'm gonna fight back. And I, I have a feeling that Tip just said, okay, you know, I mean, I, I think it was about maybe like four minutes left. You didn't really see them much on the ice after that. But until that point, you know, it was like, you know, you guys want to go, you guys want to go, then then go. And this is sort of McDavid and, and Drysaddle's way of, of punching back is, you know, well, we're going to embarrass you then. And, um, you know, I mean, sometimes when uh, when when players are getting out of hand the way that, uh, you know, uh, to Chuck and, uh, and Riley and Branson, sometimes and, and Norris there and, and other players on the team, you know, just trying to spark Ottawa and, you know, show that they're in the fight. And in some ways it's, it's great for Ottawa, but, you know, I mean, like McDavid and Dreisaitl, you know, there's, there's only so much they can take. They, they aren't enforcers. They don't really have yeah. a whole lot of enforcers on the team. I mean, Mike Smith there, you, you see at the end, obviously he's, He's a guy you don't want to mess with, but he's not—he's not there most of the time where where the action's taking place. So I think that that was Tip letting uh, Tip letting his boys run and um, you know maybe put, stick it to them a little bit tonight. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's good to hear from you, KJM. Thanks for calling. No, I, I always say when when you—I think it was last game you were talking. How much is the the stars going to play in the third period? And I said, well, I run them a regular shift, but if it was a power play, I would put on my second unit or I put on a third or fourth line. Unless Unless it was something stupid, and then if something stupid, then you run the score up. Now I don't, I don't think what Norris did, did at the the end of the period. But I mean, if you're going to play the Oilers, you have to be physical on McDavid. You have to be physical on Leon. If you're not, you're dumb. Because if, yeah. if they got free time to go make plays uh, and, and all the time in the world without fear of being hit, they're going to make you look silly. And those players nor their teammates. Don't expect that they're never going to be no, touched. No, absolutely. And, and you never saw any player go when he was being pushed there or hit right. there like, because that's part of the game, and you would expect that to happen. Um, it, it's after the game when you start, when we saw the, the benches uh, get cleared a little bit, you're like, okay, now now's not the time. It, it isn't. If, if you want to run Connor, if you want to run Leon, I mean, do it in the 60 minutes. I mean, if you've uh, a nice, good, hard hit, fine. That's that's part of the hockey game. But yapping after the whistle when you've just lost three and lost badly in two of those three, it that does nothing but make you look silly. Oilers take it 6-2 over the Senators. We'll go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Arnie standing by. Hey, Arnie, thank you very much for calling. Go ahead. Well, thank you for taking my call. I just uh, wanted to call to say that... Uh, 
this is the deepest team I've seen since we had uh, Pronger on, on our team. And if you watch the games, you know, uh, whether they're winning or losing, you just watch the games, you just know the whole team is playing better. And uh, also, um, I would also say that if you you uh, take and um, look at who we're playing next is Vancouver. And what did Vancouver do after Toronto won three times against us? Yeah, Toronto beat the Leafs twice. Yeah, oh, sorry, Vancouver yeah. beat the Leafs twice. Yes. Oh, sorry, oh, Vancouver. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're right. So, Vancouver. Vancouver's playing better hockey right now. They are. And again, what they weren't getting early in the season was goaltending, and Demko is really playing well now. Now I'm I'm not sure who's playing tomorrow. I would imagine it would be Demko, but they they're playing better hockey, and they're everything right now is a step up from Ottawa. So this Vancouver Canucks are going to be. a a better hockey club. They're going to give a better challenge to the Edmonton Oilers, and the Oilers have got to continue to push forward. It's they're playing good hockey, but as you see it in, in the span of a because the Oilers and well the National Hockey League, the the season's so compact that you get a, you have a bad week. That's not a a loss or two. That could be four losses. So you got to yeah. make sure that you 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 continue pushing forward, continuing doing the right things, and right now I think the, the Edmonton Oilers are a team that is completely full of confidence. Well, and that's the theme for me this season. The next challenge. Mm-hmm. And put the previous one behind you. Okay, yeah. you started 3-6, and six. what are you going to do about it? They responded mm-hmm. well. Okay, you you beat uh, you know, you know beat Calgary a couple times, you got to play the Leafs three times in a row. Okay, you failed that one. Okay, put it behind you. Okay, you win the next four, beat a team you should beat in Ottawa. Okay, great. Points are now the next challenge. I mean, this is five games in seven days starting tonight. That doesn't happen often in the NHL. And it's tiring. And and now you're playing Calgary and Vancouver the next three games, who are both behind you in the standings mm-hmm. as well. Can you put those teams even further behind you and make them lose a little? So that now the next challenge. And then it's Winnipeg after that for a couple of I days. agree. And I always feel that pushing the teams behind you is more important than catching the team in front of you. The The playoff round starts. It's it Just get to the dance. Where, where your standings are once the playoffs start don't really matter, especially this year with no fans in the stands. Uh, just continue to push teams behind so that uh, they've got to go on a stupid run, a 15-4 and four run or something like that to get themselves back in it. Put distance between you and the teams behind you, and then you can have, a, as the season winds down, you can have a little bit of sigh of relief. Just, uh, we've done what we've needed to do, and now we just have to worry about setting ourselves up for a playoff run. Good showing tonight for the Oilers farm team as well. The Bakersfield Condors win their seventh in a row, 4-1 over the San Jose Barracuda. Cooper Marodi scores again. He's on quite a run. Tyler Benson, a couple of assists. Ryan McLeod gets an assist as well. And it was, uh, again, Stuart Skinner in goal to get the victory as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. In the NHL, we have the Sharks up 4-0 on the Ducks in the third. Avalanche shut out the Kings 2-zip. Talbot gets the shutout for the Wild 4-0 over the Coyotes. Golden Knights beat the Blues 5-4 in overtime in the WHL. The Edmonton Oil Kings are off this weekend. Oh, do we just have another goal here, Rob? San Jose Sharks just scored again. It's becoming a blowout. 5-0 San Jose in Anaheim. Okay. Thank you for that. That's about halfway through the third period. And that guy, Evander Kane, that someone called in about last game, made a wonderful play. Dipsy doodled one player and then set up the, the goal with a nice back door, empty net goal. That's one thing. I mean, we often talk about how players progress and how the game changes. That's one thing I've really noticed, too. 
that the angles players can maneuver their sticks to make passes mm -hmm. to different lanes. Uh, it, you know, and then with Kane, that that's not an easy pass. No, it wasn't. Like no. he had to draw the puck back towards his feet and then still pass it quite hard. Like I don't know if as many players 30, 40 years ago could have made that pass. Maybe they're just looking to shoot there. You're right. When we teach kids nowadays, you never kids always want the puck in the same spot, but you don't do that. You give them bad passes. Teach them how to take a bad pass, kick it up to their stick, shoot. Have them shoot from different angles. Have them pass through different different obstacles on the ice so they have to readjust their body. How bad is it right now in, in Anaheim where they pull their goalie halfway through the third period? Gibson gets yanked. You do not see that very often in a game that's already over where you pull your goalie your star goalie with 10 minutes to go in a hockey game. Is that Miller coming in? Yep, Ryan Miller. How he's, old is he? He's 100, 103. Because Smith is almost 39. Put it this way, Ryan Miller could... Miller's 40. Well, I was going to say, Ryan Miller could actually get a vaccine in Alberta right now. He's that age. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting close. <laughs> Oilers win 6-2. The three stars tonight. McDavid won, Drysaddle 2, Barry 3. Rob and I give the fourth star for Mr. Mike's Steakhouse Casual, your hockey destination. Make your reservation at mrmikes.ca. It was hard to pick a fourth star against Toronto. Was, I mean, there's tons of... <laughs> Tonight, I'll, I'll give it I, to Yamo. I was going to go Tyler Ennis. I okay. Thought, oh, yeah, two points for him. Goal in this. Well, it's funny. I always believed that when a non-star gets a couple points, that he automatically has to be a star in the game. I mean, seriously, like, when is Tyler Ennis going to get two points again? It's not going to happen very often, so why not, Why can't he be one of the three stars? I don't think that, I mean, we used to get, was it men in deodorant whenever we won a star in, in the minors. I don't think Connor or Leon need any more of the men in deodorant prizes for the stars. I think Tyler Ennis should have been one of your three stars tonight. He actually did have a very good game tonight, and one of those guys that's on the bubble, that's always trying to push shift in, shift out to be able to stay in the lineup on a consistent basis. All right, 780-496-0063 is the Certainty Hotline as the Oilers win 6-2. We have Scott standing by. Hey, Scott, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, uh, how are you doing? Good. Good. Uh, just, uh, well, obviously, I mean, the, the, the immediate thought is McDavid and Drysaddle. What like they'll do what they do, but I I can I cannot ignore the fact that Donald like everyone on the defensive side, Nurse Russell, they're just doing what what Bouchard is doing, just throw the puck in the net and and then figure it out, and then obviously we got Jesse with a big butt, you know, right? So so yeah. I guess I guess my uh, I don't think it's a question, but uh, actually, yes, it is a question. Like, what um, do you do? You keep the top line the same, or do you, do you just right? Yeah, divide it. Yeah, that's the big question for sure. It'll be an interesting one for Dave Tippett going into Vancouver because the one thing having. Leon and Connor on home ice is you get to decide who they play against. Going into Vancouver, Vancouver gets last change, so you look at the lineup. So I guess Dave Tippett has to decide, does Vancouver have a defensive pairing or, or a line that they can match up and try to shut down? Because if Leon and Connor's line don't score a couple goals and they're playing together, the Oilers are hard-pressed against good teams for the second, third, and fourth lines to produce consistently. 
Uh, so I think Dave Tippett's going to have to sit down and say, all right, is this what we want, or do we have the confidence now that these guys can now jumpstart whatever players that we put with them going forward? So yeah, I'm, I don't think it is a sure thing that Leon and Connor will be playing together tomorrow night, although it's fun to watch, and, and I'm just watching them play out here and, and toy with Ottawa, I, I think they enjoy it themselves. Yeah, and that moves our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. If you're on hold on the Certainteed Hotline, we will get to you. We're going to have post-game reaction from Connor McDavid and Dave Tippett. Oilers take down the Senators 6-2. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. A confounding goal. Ten <laughs> seconds into the game, McDavid from... The corner, eight at one, nothing. The Oilers going to win six two. Yeah, that is not the start you want if you're the Ottawa Senators coming off a seven one drubbing to the same team. Here, ten seconds in, you're thinking, okay, let's go. We're gonna get get the first goal. We're gonna be physical. We're gonna play smarter defensively. We're gonna get a good goaltending effort. And then ten seconds in, uh, the other team's best player shoots from the goal line. And scores. And I give credit to the Ottawa Senators. They they pressed after that, but that's just too much to overcome. Poor goaltending, you're not going to overcome against the Edmonton Oilers. Big thanks to James H. Brown and Associates, serious injury lawyers. They're giving $100 to 630 Chad Santos Anonymous for each Oilers goal throughout the season. So 600 bucks tonight. We appreciate that, James H. Brown and Associates. 780-496-0063 is the Certainty Hotline. Robert has called in tonight. Robert, nice to hear from you. How have you been? Good. What's on yeah, your mind, buddy? Yeah, uh, well, and, you know, I think, uh, you know, honestly, I think, we, you know, I think we knew at some point when the Oilers were, when they had that run where they went 11 and 2 in, in uh, 13 games, I think, you know, I think we all knew that at some point in there, there would be a, there would be a lull. I think it was, a, I think it was just a matter of, of how, of how bad the lull would get. I think we saw that when, you know, Toronto, Toronto beat us three in a row, but I mean, as far as I'm concerned, after this, after these last four, I think those, uh, you know, I think those, uh, I think those, uh, I think those games against the Leafs are honestly, uh, I think that's ancient history. I don't know what you guys think, but uh, you know, and then uh, you know, and then like, uh, you know, I, I'm, you know, and then like, uh, I want to touch on, uh, I want to touch on what you guys were talking about earlier when you said you talking about McDavid and Drysaitel. And Big David and Drysaddle being on the same line, um, I think. I think honestly, I I think tomorrow. I think I think they'll start the game together, and I and I and I think Tippett'll more or less see how it goes, and if you know, and if uh, Vancouver's maybe finding a way to contain them a little bit, then maybe then maybe Tippett breaks them up. But that's uh, that's kind of that's kind of what I think, and. Uh, I mean, you know, but then, like, you know, like, I wonder at some point, you know, and I, I know, I, I know that there's been, uh, there's been a lot of people that have said, well, that have called in and asked, well, why is, why is, why is Bouchard not playing, and why, like, and you know, you, you know, and is it hurting him? He's he's sitting out all these games, but I mean, you know what? I think, I think, uh, I think in the end, I think uh, honestly, I think this is good for him because uh, because you know, as, as Tippett says, says said, you hear constantly, he's a young player, he's learning. Right, so I mean, you know what? I think, uh, you know what? I, I I truly believe at some point again this year Bouchard will play. I think I think it's just as as has been said several times, it's a numbers game, right? Yeah. Well, I'll tell so, you what, Robert. I think that he's going to play this season, and I, I know everybody wants to see him, and and sometimes I feel like, oh, I would have put him in tonight, but 
I also think come the season that starts in October, he's probably going to play every game. I would think so. I would think so. Um, right now, the, Dave Tippett is putting the lineup he thinks in that's going to give him his best chance of winning hockey games. And so far, he's been right more than he's been wrong. I, it, Bouchard will get his opportunities. Um, when he does, uh, we've seen so far when he does, he plays well. There's things he needs to learn, things he has to get better at. Uh, and, and he's going to. Um, but to me, right now, I <laughs> Dave Tippett is normally picking the right numbers that he's putting into his lineup on a nightly basis. As for the Toronto and agent history and they beat Ottawa, that's all good. And the, the Oilers did exactly what they needed to do. But going forward, the Edmonton Oilers do not have to go through the Ottawa Senators to be a playoff team to win the playoff series. They will have to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. So these are good building blocks for the Edmonton Oilers. And tomorrow night's another one. Going against the Vancouver Canucks, a step up in weight class. Yeah, absolutely. Rob, are you ready? Uh, I'm certainly ready. We, he's doing the contest tonight. So even though he hasn't received your autograph, which is still the ultimate thing that he wants to have in his possession. And I'll tell you what, JP, you already have the Hungry Herd premium sampler box. Hungry Herd top quality meats delivered right to your door at everyday low prices. Alberta owned and operated. I'm sure there's something in the sampler box that'll go well with your favorite bottle of wine or whatever it is. Well, whiskey tonight. I'll tell you this right now. And maybe, you know what, forget the sample ball. Just give me a full case of ground. Uh, but I'll settle for a <laughs> sample ball. And you're down right. You know, Rob, I mean, that's, that's stop this nonsense. That's stop me. We, we are going back, I say, about three, two, five years, two, three, five. I can't even talk. I've had too many sample balls tonight. But the thing is, Rob, we need your autograph in my end. I say we. I need your autograph. That's a fact. I mean, if it wasn't a pandemic, I would be over at your house and we'd be sharing some of that crown that you'd be having, and I'd sign anything you want. You know, Rob. Let's get, you know, Rob. You and I. Let's. I can't wait to hit the town. I can't wait to hit the town. I agree. I agree. We will light it up like SD TV. I've told you this before. I'm John Candy. You're Eugene. We are gonna. Why do I have to be? Actually, Eugene's pretty. You don't want right to be Eugene. He's pretty famous John right now. Yeah, You'll be true. John Flattery. Rick Moranis. Take your pick. I don't care. I'm John Candy. I'm built like John Candy. There's nothing I can do about this. JP, we got. Here's. Uh, I, I know you watched the game very closely, so I think you're gonna get this one. But here's Dentia the clue. For fin- Here we got to put you on hold so you can hear it. Here's the uh, clue for finish the play. Ennis brings it in on the right wing, gives it to Haas, pulls to the middle, the shot! Haas breaking in late in the game. Did he score or not? I don't know. I, I didn't see a wink of this game. Then you should say we. I think uh, Boss Haas, Boss Haas did, uh, I think he scored, did he not? Let, let's find out, Cody. Ennis brings it in on the right wing, gives it to Haas, pulls to the middle, the shot! The sh- scores! That is JP's name going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics, courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Hang on, JP. i got to read this. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. You want your name's in the draw, buddy. Enjoy the, enjoy the rest of that bottle, okay? You're damn right I will read. Rob, I need to have a rest. We'll talk about this. What a win! There we go. He's happy. Everything's good in the world when JP is, is happy. I think JP's happy a lot. 
I notice he usually calls on a weekend. And I think that if anyone is having a school or minor sport bottle drive, they should stop by JP's house. I think they the one truckload and they are done for the day. All right, let's go to the Zoom room, courtesy Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan, scan, and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here's Connor McDavid. Connor, maybe just a thought on uh, on being able to sweep a team like this. It's it's hard to get two in a row against the team, let alone do what you guys did here this week, and, and how good that is for this group uh, to have four in a row here. That's big. Um, you know, a lot was made, obviously, last week with uh, with what happened with Toronto, and, um, you know, we found a way to uh, to get those points back. So that's big. Um, you know, it doesn't matter who you're playing. It's not easy to beat them three times. Um so, you know, credit to, uh, to our group. Your line has put up, I mean, a pretty impressive number of points here recently, but on a night like tonight, you, you get some goals from other lines and, you know, your D-men are chipping in. Is this all adding up to, uh, you know, like it's heading in a real positive direction contribution-wise from the lineup? I think, uh, you know, it's good for, for everyone to, to get involved offensively, I thought. You know, Nuge's line has been working hard and, and generating chances just hasn't been going in for him. So good to see them get on the board. And and, uh, and Hazi, Hazi's entire line plays a, a good, solid, uh, heavy game for us that uh, just wears teams down. So good for them to get involved. Um, I mean, Doc is, uh, Doc's done it all for us. So um, no surprise to, to see him continue that. And um, yeah, so it's uh, a lot of positives to take home tonight. Derek Randy's post media. Hey Connor, that goal ten seconds in, it looked like you didn't see that it actually went in the net till you rounded the net there. Uh, I have no idea where it went. I still don't even know where it went. Uh, just tried to put a puck on that. Um, fortunate it went in. And when you score that early, do you almost have to kind of reset as a team yourself, just not to get in that mindset that you think, okay, this is going to be an easy night? Um, no, I don't think, uh, you know, we've come in against uh, Ottawa thinking that at all. I think, uh, you know, we know they work hard. They play a, a, an energetic game, um, and they're dangerous when they get uh, when they get rolling around and get that excitement into their game. So, um, you know, they, they did a great job responding. I thought uh, they kind of controlled uh, a lot of the first, and, and uh, you know, we were lucky to come out 2-1. And um, so, yeah. Any other hands, media? Tony Barrar, Oilers TV. Hey, Connor. Uh, obviously, a special night tonight with uh, Hockey Fights Cancer. You're wearing the cap there. Can you just maybe talk about the importance of, of a night like this and why it's so important that the NHL gets involved on, on Hockey Fights Cancer nights? I mean, of course, it's so important, um, you know, and I thought uh, I saw the 50-50 was, was uh, over a million bucks. So that's, uh, that's great to see people getting involved and, and, uh, and uh, you know, donating to a good cause. I think uh, around the league, it's, uh, it's an important night for, for every organization. Just, uh, you know, the, the amount of people that the, the disease affects is, uh, is, is, is hard to really uh, comprehend. So, um, you know, it's, a, it's, it's an important night. Um, you know, and was happy to see uh, people get involved. Thanks, Connor. Thanks. Ryan Rashog. 
Uh, last one for me, Connor, because uh, we may not see it tomorrow. Just a thought on, on you know, back-to-backs and on the matchup that you have tomorrow night and, and kind of what you're expecting from them. Vancouver's been playing great. Um, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're working hard. They're getting good goaltending. They're playing solid throughout. Um, you know, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a big hockey game for us. It's, it's big for them. Um, I would expect, uh, um, you know, a high-paced game, high-energy game. And, and uh, uh, you know, even though we're coming off a of back-to-back, I think we've been, uh, we've been all right in those and, um, you know, need a big one tomorrow. That's Connor McDavid, three points tonight, 51 on the season. The Oilers beat the Senators 6-2 back after the news. Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 10-34. It's a 6-2 win for the Edmonton Oilers over the Ottawa Senators. So the Oilers are 18-11. and They've won four in a row. They're 15-5 and in their last 20 games. They're 7-0 against the Ottawa Senators. McDavid, three points tonight. He has 51 on the season. Also tonight, Ennis, a goal and an assist. Dreisaitl, a goal and an assist. Barry, a goal and an assist. Shots on goal. Everybody had a shot on goal except Caleb Jones. Come on, Jonesy. You got to I, – I love that set. I always look at the end of the game always hoping someone gets every player involved. He's got to know next game. He's got to shoot early from center just to get on there just so he's not the last guy again. Kyler Yamamoto led the team with four shots. Adam Larson led in blocked shots with six. Jujar Kara led in hits with five. Face-offs tonight. Oilers at 56%. Guess who had the best percentage? I'm going to go with Leon. He won 10 out of 16 for 63%. Everybody else was 500 in the dot or one above 500 in the dot. So again, usually you just look at Leon's face-off percentage and that indicates how the Oilers did as a team. The only one thing I find funny at times is you'll see Leon and, and Connor out there together and anytime I see Connor take the face-off I find that funny. Just simply because Leon is the best face-off guy on the team. Uh, Connor is getting better, I must admit, but Leon's the best and I'm like, okay, why is Leon not taking that one? But I started watching them. They have set plays on almost every face-off now. And the goal that they scored at the very beginning of the game, 10 seconds in, that was a set play. They had a set play where Yamamoto went to the far blue line. Connor picked up speed, going flying. Leon went the other way, and it was just like a tic-tac-toe play. And it worked. It wasn't pretty like it was supposed to be, but it worked. But when you are in the 60% range on face-offs like Leon is most nights, and you have the ability to win every face-off, too, if you're Connor McDavid, you set plays up in all di- in your own zone, in the neutral zone, in the offensive zone. Offensive plays can be set up, and if you're a good face-off team, you're able to do that. So the Oilers take it six-two. Gaetan Haas tonight. He was Hi, Gaetan. Can you, I, in the face. Oh, sorry, Cody. He was uh, fifty-six percent in the face-off circle and courtesy Mattress Superstore. Here's Haas. Hi, Gaetan. Can you just take us through your goal? Um, obviously, it was a, a nice move, but a rough-and-tumble goal where you get driven into the nets and kind of nice to score a, a tough one like that. Yeah, it's always nice when you score. Um, happy it works that time. Uh, yesterday was the post today. It's in, so it's good. I know um, there's always a lot of focus on McDavid and Drysaddle when they're playing together, but what does it mean to the rest of you to be able to chip in and help out with the offense? 
Yeah, it's always good when uh, every line can produce, and we know they almost produce every night. So when we when we can help them a little bit, it's it's always good for uh, for the whole team. Derek Fendi's Post Media. Hey, Jayton, it's it's never easy to beat a team seven times in a row. What is it about you guys playing the Ottawa Senators that makes you so successful against them? Uh, we just didn't underestimate them. Um, just keep our game. We were want to play like a solid game. And, uh, yeah, I think that was a pretty good uh, three game uh, now. Um, we just were solid D in the D zone. Uh, try to, to go as fast as possible in the offensive zone. And that's how we, we won. And when, when you score 10 seconds into the game, is it tough not to kind of kind of ease off a little bit and think that this might be an easy night? Do you have to almost refocus after you've, you've gone up that fast? Yeah, exactly. I think uh, the next shift after that was uh, huge for us, and we did a good job. Uh, yeah, like you say, it's not not easy to stay focused if you score for 10 seconds, but I think we, we did a great job there. Tony Brar, Oilers TV. Hey, Gaetan. Sorry, I was uh, having a little bit of technical difficulty, so I apologize if you've been asked this question. But can you talk about the state of your team right now? Connor mentioned that a lot was made of the Toronto series last week, but you guys have been able to rally four straight wins. Can you talk about the confidence level and how important it was to close out this homestand the way you guys did? Yeah, I think everybody was disappointed after uh, those three games against Toronto, and we just... Um, Restart from the beginning, like uh, the basic stuff. Just play hard in the D. Uh, try to go as fast as possible out of the zone and, and play uh, as much as you can. Uh, offense always with a third man high, so you don't get a home man rushes. Uh, tonight was your first game of the second half of the regular season. So uh, judging off the first 29 games of the season, where do you think your team is at uh, in terms of how they stack up to the rest of the division? And what are some of the lessons you guys learned along the way? Uh, I think if you watch uh, 28 first uh, game, uh, did a good job, but you still can improve some stuff. I think, like I say, uh, this series against Toronto was um, was hard for us, but uh, we came back after that, and uh, now, uh, yeah, we're ready for every game. A little bit there from Gaetan Haas, who helps the Oilers beat the Senators 6-2 tonight. Well, since we have some people writing in about year-end awards, somebody thinks Tyson Berry's a Norris candidate. He's having a good year. Eh? Well, he also got to look at the year that Darnell Nurse is having. Um, I... It not, doesn't have as many points as, as Tyson, but brings other elements to the game that, that Tyson doesn't. I, I, I don't know if, if they're going to be up there with, with a headman at season's end, but I can tell you that Darnell Nurse has exceeded a lot of people's expectations when he was more or less counted on to be the number one defenseman with a cleft bomb injury. And I think that Tyson Berry has... Uh, captured the 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 love of the fans here in Edmonton after a slow start he's now giving the Oilers something that they have not had in the Connor McDavid Leon Dreisettle era in that uh, a defenseman that is able to create as well as he does from the back end and when he's on the ice with Leon and Connor sometimes it doesn't seem fair because that's just one more 
very, very important weapon that they've got at their disposal. He has fit in very, very nicely and has done everything that the Oilers could have hoped for. Barry now one point behind Hedman for top-scoring defenseman in the league. Hedman does have three games in hand. How about this, though? Hedman is plus seven, mm -hmm. and I know plus-minus is not as respected a stat as it used to be, but I still think it's relevant if there's large discrepancies. I mean, there may not be much difference between a player who's plus four and minus four, but if a player is plus 20 and another player is minus 20, to me that still says something. Well, it's, I mean, last year uh, Panarin in the, for the New York Rangers was in the plus 30s on a team that wasn't great last year. So Darnell Nurse is plus 15. Very good. Tied with Jeff Petrie for second best plus. Jeff Petrie could be top three for the... Doris Trophy. Absolutely. I mean, I think yep, it should be. Absolutely. Joel Edmondson is plus 26. That's, well, I, I saw a, a, a news thing the other day. They talked about Edmondson, Edmondson and Petrie, their partners, might be the best pairing, defensive pairing in the Northern Division. And, well, when you're plus 26, it means you're not on the ice very often for a goal against. That was a great signing by the Montreal Canadiens. Did they, I don't know if they signed him or if they traded for him, but adding them to their roster, uh, a wonderful uh, addition to a, an already pretty good defense. Yeah, I mean, Edmondson, he's having an incredible year. He's, he's only... He's only 27, too. Wow. You gotta remember that. Uh, what, what was the exact deal? Yeah, he was traded for a fifth. Right, his he was a pending UFA. His rights were traded, and then Montreal signed him. Yeah, a great signing. Four years, $14 million, which is that's, a pretty good deal. Well, that's under $4 million a year for a first-pairing defenseman who's plus 26 halfway through the season yeah. on a team that hasn't... And he doesn't get the points. I'm so, I guess Petrie's getting all the points. Like Edmonton only has six points. He's the defensive guy. In like that some pairing. some guys are plus specifically because they're the ones scoring the goals. But he's just well. You're obviously not scoring goals when he's out there. I I love watching him play. He he plays with a little bit of anger in his game, and it's fun. To, uh, yeah, again, uh, the Montreal Canadiens are in the playoff spot because of players like Edmondson. All right, so let's update the standings. I will give you the top four in points: Toronto forty, Edmonton thirty six. Winnipeg 34, Montreal 31. Now we'll give you the top four in points percentage. Toronto 714, Winnipeg 654, Edmonton 621, and Montreal now 596. They lost to Cal uh, Calgary yesterday, who's still obviously hanging around. But that's the, the top four. So Edmonton second in points, third in points percentage. I can tell you this. The Vancouver Canucks and the Calgary Flames, uh, every time they play the Montreal Canadiens, those are the games of the year. Because I think that Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Toronto now have separated themselves enough in the division that if one of those teams outside looking to get into the playoffs, they have to beat the Montreal Canadiens every time they play them. And that's why those games are so important the last couple between Calgary and Montreal. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Calgary. Good game last night. Now Montreal was playing their third and four, mm -hmm. and they played that crazy game that started at 11 o'clock Eastern in Vancouver. I don't understand the scheduling with the late games. Well, it's TV usually when there's when it's that Who's odd. watching the game in Montreal when it starts at 11 o'clock at night? Well, they got passionate fans. Nobody is that passionate at 11 o'clock at night. JP is. <laughs> We're talking about hockey passionate here. 
<laughs> All right. The Oilers win it 6-2 over the Ottawa Senators. You'll hear from the head coach, Dave Tippett, when we get back. All right. The final score tonight, 6-2 in favor of the Oilers. McDavid, Shabbat, and Barry in the first. Kachuk, Nurse, and Dreisaitl in the second. And then Ennis and Haas in the third. Smith gets the win. He's 9-2. We're coming to you from the Loge level at Rogers Place in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Let's hop back into the Zoom room. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. Dave, um, obviously a successful little set here against Ottawa. What did you like most about what your team brought forward through these three games? It's not often you can beat a team three times in a row like that. Well, we've talked a lot about how we want to play as a group and, and try and stay consistent with it. I thought tonight's game got a little scrambly at times, but I like that we hung in there and found a way to win. And that's, uh, you know, we got to keep building our group. There's a, there's a, you know, our players are really committed to getting better every day. And and uh, every game is a new challenge for us. You know, when you have a set of games against three, there's challenges that come within that that you have to overcome. And uh, I thought our guys did a pretty good job of it. Heading into a stretch of schedule here, I mean, it's always been tight with lots of games, but heading into a stretch here, um, just a thought on the way you have this group playing and you feel ready to take on uh, what the schedule is about to throw at you? Well, it's going to be it's a it's going to be a grind here, without a doubt. You know that everybody goes through it this year, where your schedule seems like it's you know crowded with travel. And uh, we talked about it as a group. We know you know how we want to go about it, how we're how we expect to play, and uh, you know I hope we meet the challenge head on. Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Dave, while Connor and Leon did their usual thing, and and Merce and Barry continue their scoring you got some goals from some other people tonight uh, in particular Ennis and, and uh, Haas was that uh, a welcome uh, sight yeah it is I mean we, we've talked about that all the time especially when we you know put McDavid and Drysdale together you got to have some balance throughout your lineup so it's good to see them get on the board it's uh you know, we, those are things that, as a team, we have to make sure are in place as we move forward here. So um, everybody chipping in, everybody feel like they got a part of it, even if they're on the scoreboard or not. you you got to have people that feel like they're contributing to helping the team win, and, you know, that's what that's what we're trying to build. And Connor scoring in the 10 seconds into the hockey game, most of us said and even uh, got our heads around the, the game starting, and all of a sudden it was one nothing. That was yeah, a surprising goal. Yeah, just a you know, it's fruity goal that goes in for us, but you'll take it. You know, we want we wanted to make sure we come out and started the game, you know, quick. We knew they were going to come at us pretty hard, and um, you know, it's I, I give them some credit. They rebounded right after that. I mean, they they pushed back for the next ten minutes or so, pretty good. So um, you know, we got a lucky break on that one to to get going, but. Uh, uh, you know, we'll take the breaks, all the breaks we can get right now. Derek Fendi's Post Media. Hey, Dave, I just want to ask you about Tyson Berry. And just that he, he looks like he's playing such confident hockey right now. And what does he bring in your back end? Well, he brings an element of, you know, he. The, the puck movement and just the creativity back there is, uh, as you know, has got better and better as the year has gone on. And uh, Nurse and him have, you know, really uh, gelled well together and and 
you know, he's uh, Barry's really done a nice job as getting as he's got to know our power play of, of getting that going. So he's uh, he's been a strong contributor. You know, you look at him; he plays you know close to 20 minutes a night, and he's I think he's top five in the scoring uh, for defense and scoring. So he's he's come in and he's kind of established himself with our team and he's contributing, which is good to see. And he's got a heck of a shot. Do you have to kind of? Remind him of that every now and then that to, to let that shot go because that was a yeah. that was a heck of a goal today. No, it was it was a heck of a shot. That's for sure. That's that's one of the weapons he's has he has, and you know I think there are some probably some times when he defers more than he uh, more than he should, but when he gets to use it, I'm glad uh, he can capitalize on it. Final two questions: Tony Brar, Ryan Rashog. Tony, go ahead. Hey, Dave, uh, when I mentioned to you this morning about the second half of the season kickstarting today, you mentioned about wanting to keep an even keel. Uh, after losses, after wins, uh, you're always adamant that there's always something to work on. So you guys are 15-5 and five in your last 20 games. How much of that is attributed to the receptiveness of the group and uh, with the teachings at, at hand by the coaching staff? I don't, I don't know if it's the teaching so much as, as the players buying into, you know, playing well together and uh, everybody finding their their niche on the team and and kind of gelling together so you know we we talk about how we want to play and but the players are the ones that have got to go out there and and do the job and and get in the trenches and find ways to win so i give the credit the players full credit they're they're buying in they you know you get to the point where Everybody understands how we want to play, what we want to do, but then the players end up placing themselves out there for it. So it's uh, when you when you win a few games, things seem to trend the right direction. But I like the way our group has grabbed it when we haven't, you know, been as successful. They they talk about things that we have to do to get back on track. So that's a good sign for our team. And obviously, it was a special night at Rogers Place with Hockey Fights Cancer Night. Just a quick comment on why it's so important that the Oilers, the Senators, and the rest of the National Hockey League are part of such a big initiative. Well, there's just it's it's a cancer affects so many people, and uh, you know, so many families, and everybody. It seems like everybody's been touched one way or another by a loved one or a friend or whatever through cancer, and it's just a cause. I know that the players, coaches, everybody involved really is uh, is very meaningful too. Mark Spector. David, just another part of a weird year. You play the same team seven times inside 29 games. Almost a quarter of your season has been against Ottawa so far. Yeah. Um, will it be nice to, I know you've been beating them and that's good, but will it be in some ways nice to break away and play someone else here? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so, but we, it feels like we're playing the same teams over and over again. But you know what, when, when the schedule comes out, came out, you just kind of, you wrapped your head around it and you think about it for a little bit and then you move on and it's I think we've got ourselves really thinking it's it's the next game you know it, it doesn't matter who's up next it's the next game you got to prepare for um you know there's there's different things that happen when you're playing the same team over you know you know back to back or, or three times in a row there's adjustments you make more like a playoff style but everybody knows what you know the what the schedule looks like you're going to play a lot of same teams over and over again and you just have to deal with it but ultimately at the end we've really tried to focus on what we're trying to do no matter who we're playing so it's um, it's very unique but on the other side of it you gotta you gotta concentrate on what you're doing
And traditional thinking in this market, when you showed up, you talked about how getting uh, McDavid and Drysaddle running their own lines was important and how the team was better when they did it. Uh, you put them back together and they're obviously lethal. Uh, what, what does this mean? When the games get more important and the opponents get better, can these guys stay in the same line? Well, you just, you just, you know, you see how it went last year. You see how, you know, you got to get a feel for your team as you go along. And there's, there's times when you feel like that, uh, you can run with it. And there's going to be other times we probably want to split them up. So that's just a feel we're going to have. And we'll, uh, you know, we had success this week with it. So we'll reevaluate tonight and, uh, we'll see where we get tomorrow. Edmonton Oilers head coach Dave Tippett after a 6-2 win over the Ottawa Senators. Get more on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Next game broadcast, you don't have to wait very long. 6.30 face-off show tomorrow, puck drop at 8, Oilers at Canucks. Thanks to Troy Bowler and Cody Jansen for their work getting us on the air technically. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a great night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.